Divers, coming to you from the isolation booth slash clean room here at Studio D. Welcome to the Deep Dive Microcast. I'm Tom Feeney, raconteur, bon vivant, and writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. This is a companion series of the Deep Dive Podcast, where myself and my co-host Manda look at the lesser-known offerings on your streaming media feeds. On this microcast, we'll dive into the history of made-for-TV movies. So fiddle with your rabbit ears and adjust the horizontal and enjoy. If you recognize that theme music, you are either over 40 or you've spent way too much time on YouTube. That was the theme of the NBC mystery movie, so-called Wheel Show, that ran from 1971 to 1977. Basically, it was a series featuring a rotating lineup of programs, a unique concept at the time. Nowadays, movies made specifically for television are commonplace. Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and Disney are creating an incredible number of feature-length films for their respective streaming services. And veteran cable outlets like HBO and Showtime have been producing their own films for decades. It wasn't always that way, however. There was a time when the television and movie industries were at each other's throats. The movie studios saw television as a direct threat to their business. If people could watch things at home, why would they go to the theater? In fact, the animosity was so great, legend has it that Jack Warner, head of Warner Brothers, demanded that television sets could not be used as decor on the set of any Warner Brothers film. Now, the movie studio's fear was not unjustified. After World War II, the television market exploded into American homes, and that did, in fact, cause fewer people to go to the movies in favor of staying home and watching the tube. The result was that Hollywood began making fewer movies, putting many independent studios and filmmakers out of work. So where could these movie makers go? Yep, right to television. By the early 1960s, television networks were looking for ways to hold on to viewers throughout prime time. One way to do just that was to produce theatrical quality, more or less, movies that were exclusive to that network. The first such network to implement this strategy was the Peacock Network, NBC. NBC's Saturday Night at the Movies presents Climb an Angry Mountain, starring Fess Parker with guest stars Barry Nelson, Stella Stevens, and Joe Capp. The made-for-TV movie, as it was called, had different freedoms and restrictions from your typical theatrical motion picture. Every genre could be explored from drama to science fiction to historical epic and everything in between. However, these movies had to cater to broadcast standards, and since there were no TV ratings at this point, they had to be free of any gory violence, nudity, and bad language. They also had to be short enough to fit into a two-hour time slot with commercials. 
There were also budget and time considerations. The average budget for a major feature film in the mid-1960s was a couple million dollars. That may not seem like much considering that 2019's Avengers Endgame had a total budget of around 400 million. But it was a lot to spend at the time, and the risk of making a flop was just as real then as it is now. Plus, most films have a reasonably large window to shoot, edit, score, and put all the finishing touches on their films before release. The made-for-TV movie had to be shot on a much lower budget and on a much faster timetable. That's why they tended to cast these movies with B-listers or actors whose popularity was on the decline. They were willing to take a pay cut to get the work and to get their faces back on the screen, even the small screen. The very first made-for-TV movie was See How They Run with John Forsythe, which was produced for the NBC network. It was successful enough in the ratings for NBC to keep producing them. Soon, the suits at the network figured out they could use a TV movie as a pilot for a potential ongoing series. The first made-for-TV movie to make it as a regular series was Fame is the Name of the Game in 1966. The series that followed, shortened to The Name of the Game, ran for three seasons starting in 1968. Most of the made-for-TV movies produced by Universal for NBC were pretty cookie-cutter affairs and didn't break any new ground either in story or direction. One man felt as though there was an opportunity to change things up a little bit and try something different. That man was Barry Diller. In his over 50-year career in the entertainment industry, Diller has been the CEO of both Paramount and 20th Century Fox. Way back in 1965, Diller was vice president in charge of development at ABC. Diller had the idea to produce a weekly series of 90-minute movies made exclusively for the network. This became known as the ABC Movie of the Week. Tuesday Movie of the Week. Presenting the world premiere of an original motion picture produced especially for ABC. Tonight on Tuesday Movie of the Week. Now wait a minute, G-Man. G-Man? Come on, G-Man. Come on, man. Dale Robertson. This here's George. George Machine Gun Kelly. This game shoots back. A fictitious account based on factual people and events in the life of Melvin Purvis, G-Man. ABC presents Tuesday Movie of the Week. Diller enlisted young talent eager to make their mark and unafraid of working with smaller budgets and faster production timetables. One of those young talented directors was a 20-something Steven Spielberg. Before Jaws, before Close Encounters, and way before Jurassic Park, Spielberg started his directing career on television, helming episodes of shows like Marcus Welby, M.D., and Rod Serling's Night Gallery. Recognizing the young Spielberg's talent, Universal Studios signed him up to direct made-for-TV movies. The first and most famous of these 
was the road rage thriller Duel. Tonight on Movie of the Weekend, a world premiere. Well, it's about time, Charlie. You want me to hit that car head on? Dennis Weaver. Why? Why is he doing this? Duel. ABC presents Movie of the Weekend. Duel, which aired on ABC in November of 1971, is essentially Jaws, but with a huge truck instead of a shark. In the film, a middle-aged everyman, played by veteran actor Dennis Weaver, is relentlessly chased through the Mojave Desert by the unknown, unseen driver of the truck. The made-for-TV movie was so successful and well-regarded that it was released theatrically in Europe by Universal Pictures. After Steven Spielberg became a famous director of theatrical films, Duel finally got released in American movie houses over a decade after it first aired on TV. The 1970s was the golden age of the made-for-TV movie. Alongside Duel, there were a number of TV movies that transcended the limitations of the format. There was 1970's Brian's Song with James Caan as Brian Piccolo, a Chicago Bears football player who died of cancer at the age of 26. In 1976, Sally Field gave a stellar performance as a young woman with multiple personalities in Sybil. And John Carpenter, best known for directing legendary horror films like Halloween and The Thing, helmed the outstanding 1979 biopic Elvis, starring Kurt Russell as the king. Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain, a three-hour blockbuster, Elvis. He was the superstar that every woman wanted, Elvis. This time, there's no reason to miss it. Monday. In the 1980s, cable TV began making large inroads into American households. There were more choices than ever before and more competition for viewers. There was a need for content and lots of it. Now there were made for TV movies and made for cable movies. 1983 was a big year for cable television and saw the debut of the made for cable movie. The first HBO TV movie starred James Stewart and Betty Davis as an elderly couple who wanted to commit suicide together in Right of Way. Sounds like fun. Rival network Showtime went a different route with their first movie, the truly terrible sci-fi fantasy, Prisoners of the Lost Universe. Catapulted into the distant future by a maverick scientist, Carrie Madison and Dan Robot find themselves prisoners of the lost universe. Captured and threatened by the evil warlord Cleo, and terrified by strange beings and nightmare creatures, they spectacularly fight their way through this hostile world. Can they hope to overcome the impossible obstacles and win the battle to return to the 20th century? Prisoners of the Lost Universe, starring John Saxon, <laughs> Richard Hatch, and Kay Lenz. 
Prisoners of the Lost Universe, a new, exciting, action-packed, fast-moving film. See Prisoners of the Lost Universe. Now that one is on Amazon Prime Video, and I double-dog dare you to sit through it. There is a Rift Tracks version, too, and that one is much easier to digest. In the decades since, the made-for-TV movie has become something of a punchline, usually taking quick advantage of some current scandal or trend or biography of some kind. Some cable channels, like Hallmark and Lifetime, churn out original movies like Krispy Kreme makes hot, fresh glazed donuts. Mmm, donuts. With the introduction of streaming media services like Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, and Apple TV, the made-for-TV movie has made a huge comeback. These companies are investing billions of dollars in original content, including feature-length movies made by top Hollywood talent. The recent Netflix release of Martin Scorsese's The Irishman is a perfect example. It's a film that could not and would not have been funded and distributed by a traditional movie studio. Netflix stepped up and footed the bill. The divide between theatrical movies and TV movies keeps shrinking. In the age of coronavirus, where movie theaters have shut down completely, studios are rethinking their release strategy, even allowing their new films to come out on streaming platforms instead of in the theaters. Needless to say, the theater owners are not too pleased with that development. In fact, America's largest theater chain, AMC, is looking at possible bankruptcy due to the coronavirus shutting down its 630 theaters. It's hard to tell what this means for the future of movies. Will people go back to theaters once the pandemic has run its course? Or will people continue to stay at home to get their movie fix? We shall see. That's it for this week. Next time on the Deep Dive Podcast, Manda and I embark on a two-part epic. Movies that came from TV shows, and then part two, TV shows that started as movies. Do not miss it. You've got the time. We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at the Deep Dive Podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. All clips used in the Deep Dive Microcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn, based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney. The Deep Dive Microcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>